a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 through 10, when Jesus had finished saying all, all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogues. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under, under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 9, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, following him he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel, even in Chesapeake. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I like verse 3. The centurion said, the centurion heard of Jesus. Let the church say Jesus. Jesus. Sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. I want to Speak for just a few minutes as the Holy Spirit shall die using this thought. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Very simple thought. Let the church say Jesus. I need Jesus. You may be seated. I need Jesus. Today, Reverend Carter mentioned it at the top of the service. We are open to Advent season. Advent is the season of expectation. It is the expectation of God sending Jesus into the world for the purpose of salvation or saving people. This is one of the, I would call one of the top two pivotal moments in the Christian calendar with Resurrection Sunday being the second. Because it is about all about the coming or arrival of Jesus Christ. This is an exciting time, y'all, because we we universally as a church, as the church as a whole, we prepare to celebrate the birth and the initial coming of Jesus Christ. The initial coming. Amen. It's also an exciting time because Jesus is the hope of all humanity. His birth is what I would call the turning point for all the world. It's a turning point because Jesus is the light of the world, a world that was covered in darkness. Amen. Yes. When we look at Isaiah, Isaiah the prophecy is revealed in Isaiah chapter 9. He sheds light on it. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. There's a whole prophecy about Jesus here. On, on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Amen. He goes on to say, for to us, or King James, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. 
Isaiah goes on to give the prophecy. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government, and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That's, that's why we celebrate Advent. It's expectation of Jesus Christ coming. Amen. Uh, I need Jesus. I'm glad it's coming because I need Jesus. Isaiah goes on to say, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish accomplish this. Amen. In other words, there's more to it. He's more than just salvation. Jesus is the hope of the whole world. Can y'all hear me this morning? And so on this first Sunday in Advent, the focus is hope. Hope. Let the church say hope. What is this hope that we're talking about? Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope in Jesus Christ for us is us placing our trust in a trustworthy God. Anybody knowing to be trustworthy? Uh, The person sitting beside you may have let you down, but Jesus won't let let you down. Amen. Don't look at that person. Just keep looking straight ahead. Keep looking straight ahead. The person sitting next to you, the person sitting behind you, they may have let you down, but God is trustworthy. Amen. Again, don't look. Keep looking straight ahead. I don't want you to get in trouble. Amen. We call God trustworthy because he has not failed us in the past. He's not failing us presently, and he won't fail us in the future. Amen. If God says he's going to do something in the future, we can can have hope and faith that God will do what he says he's going to do. Amen. So hope, this is what it's all about this morning. Hope hope is an important thing, y'all. It helps us during the trials and times of distress. Hope offers us security and and confidence that God will come through. But I want to take a turn right here. I want to offer offer to you this morning that hope is intimately connected to faith. I want to take a turn right there. You thought I was going to talk simply about hope. I want to add some faith to it as well. Paul gives us feel in 1 Corinthians. He gives us feel about love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says... He gives a whole spill about love. Then he closes the spill saying at the end of the day, three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. When it's all said and done, faith, hope, and love, that's, that's all I have. If I run out of money, I still got faith, hope, and love. If I run out of food, I still have faith, hope, and and love. If my health goes downhill, I still have faith, hope, and love. If, every, if all of y'all walk out on me, I still have faith, hope, and love. If, if you tell me not to come back after the day, I still have faith, hope, and love. Are you hearing me this morning? Paul says, those three things will always remain. You have nothing else. Never let go of your faith, your hope, and your love. Hebrews 11 1 makes this connection, y'all. King James Version said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I could put it in my own words, I would simply say, Faith is the bridge between hope and heaven. Are you hearing me this morning? Faith is the bridge. Between hope 
and heaven. That's what we see in our text today. We see a merging, what a, a, I would call it a merger of hope and faith. But more so faith, y'all. When, when hope and faith, when they merge together, when they get together, y'all, it creates a divine disruption in heaven. Or in the case of the centurion, it, it gets God's attention. Amen. In the seventh chapter, Luke, Luke he, he gives a portrayal of what can happen when we utilize our faith. I use the term, the term divine disruption because whenever Jesus was on the move, we see it all throughout the Gospels. Whenever he was on the move or going somewhere, it was always some obscure person that, that disrupted his itinerary. Are you hearing me this morning? Disruptions always came from people who were seeking healing. They were seeking miracles. They, they were seeking to, to be delivered from demons or whatever the case may be. The blind man had a sight restored. It was always some obscure person All right. that disrupted his itinerary. And I love it because Jesus, he always responded. Right. He never ignored anybody. Amen. And what he, he never turned people away. He responded to the disruption because of the faith that people had in Jesus. That's the question for you today. Do you still have faith in Jesus? Yeah. Uh, is anybody in the house that still needs Jesus? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Jesus responded simply for the sake of those who were coming to him for help. We all face storms. We all, we all go through trials in life. But I want to suggest to you this morning, matter of fact, I want to make it imperative that we must continue to trust God by faith. Yeah. Faith. Uh, I would argue with you that the whole Bible is simply about faith. And we got to live by faith as well. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 simply says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Let's say by faith. By faith. The just shall live by faith. That same line. Just shall live by faith. That same line is repeated in Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38. Jesus, he came to meet the needs of everyone, Gentile or Jew, rich or poor, young and old. But one constant thing that got his attention was faith. Faith. That's the one essential element we got to have, y'all. Are you hearing me? Yeah. And we got some, we got some things in this text I want to point out to you. If we want to experience the power of Jesus Christ, we, we got to have faith, y'all. So what do we see in the text? What does this have to do with me? I need Jesus, y'all. Here's the first thing I want to share with you. Number one, never hitch your faith to man-made constructs. Never. Let the church say never. Never. Doing a lot of call and response this morning. Uh, never hitch your faith to man-made constructs. If I can go one step further, your, your faith, it must be, extend beyond artificial or self-imposed boundaries. You can never let your faith be limited by boundaries that society tries to impose on you. And you should never place limits on your faith. When you do that, y'all, you, you're essentially saying that God can only reach the limits of your finite imagination. You're limiting God. This, this, is, what we all, this is what we always talk about when we say we place God in a box. Because we limit God to only what we can imagine. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. 
Amen. He's an all-powerful God. Amen. I said it during our Thanksgiving service. I'll say it again this morning. I don't care who you are. You are special to the Lord. Amen. Your labels, your labels are of no limitation to God. Amen. Society and culture, they, they like to label us and use these pigeonholes and try to place us in, in certain categories, but none of that stuff matters to God. Amen. Doesn't matter your race, your social status, your, your economic status, doesn't matter your gender, your zip code, your education level. Uh, what I see in this text is you will never, and, and not just the text, but our life is a testimony, you will never be an inconvenience to Jesus Christ. And you ought to give him praise for that. Amen. You saying he's an amazing God. You ought to give him praise because you know what you're talking about. Amen. And what we see in the text this morning, the centurion's faith went beyond cultural boundaries. The centurion's faith, it went beyond man-made constructs. Y'all, this is a very, very surprising text. I've read it several times, but it's very surprising, y'all, because the centurion, we'll get into it here in just a second, he was, he was sort of on the outside looking in. You know what I'm saying? Verse 1, it says, when Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There is a centurion servant who, who his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus. That's the good news right there. He heard of Jesus and sent some elders to the Jews to him and asking him to come and heal his servant. In other words, I need Jesus. In other words, somebody go get Jesus for me and bring him here. Amen. I heard about that man named Jesus. Can you go get him and bring him over here? I want to see what it's all about. They, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this. They're talking about the centurion because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. The centurion, he presents a case for us while we can never let our faith be limited by boundaries. And that's simply because Jesus goes beyond our boundaries. Amen. Jesus can reach us beyond any boundary that we put on him because he doesn't care about the boundaries. More importantly, as Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He, he, he doesn't care about your boundaries. What do you mean God can't do this? God can't do that. Luke tells the story, y'all. Jesus is now on the move. He's moving on now from the Sermon of the Mount. He's now in Capernaum. Luke only gives one chapter in his version of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew gives about three chapters on his version. But this is very interesting, y'all, because Mark, Mark identifies Capernaum as the home base of Jesus. This is why Jesus is there, y'all. It is here in Capernaum that Jesus is informed about a critical illness of the centurion's servant. The centurion, he's there, y'all. Watch this because there is a concentration rather, of Roman soldiers in the area. In fact, y'all, they had a headquarters for Roman troops. Or in the military, we would call it a FOB, a foreign operating base. A man, forward operating base. It's not really a home base. It's just an outpost. They had troops in the area, y'all, in the Galilee region. But the key thing, Rome, uh, Galilee was not under Roman control at the time. So this, this centurion, he was a man of position. 
He was a man of power. He was large and in charge, y'all. He had a hundred soldiers under his command. He was sent to Capernaum to try to establish some kind of order between the Jews and the Roman law. Amen. But what I like most about this text, y'all, even in his position, even in his power, even in his authority, he realized that he needed Jesus. He realized he has heard about Jesus and he knew it was only Jesus that could heal his sick servant. I love that, y'all. He, he, he heard about this Messiah that came, as Jesus so eloquently quoted, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom of the, for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, the centurion heard about that man named Jesus. Uh, we sang that old song, go tell it over the mountain, on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. He, he, somehow he heard about Jesus. But the lesson we learn from the centurion is never assume we can do more than God. That's what we learn from this centurion. I know you're big and bad. I know you're rough and tough. I, I know you're, you're, high and, you're high and mighty. You got some status. You got some position. But never assume we can do more than God. Never assume, never put limitations on God. Additionally, we should never take on the mindset that we can do anything without God's help. This morning, we, we, we got we to gotta always understand that I can't make it without God. There's nothing I can do apart from God. And so what the centurion does, he reaches beyond boundaries. Verse 3 again, it says, he heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. There's a twist here, y'all. He, he sent the Jewish elders to talk to Jesus. That's important because the Jews and the Romans, y'all, they didn't, they didn't particularly have a good relationship. Sort of like the, the Jews and the uh, Samaritans, they didn't have good relationship. This was, this was an, an unusual, unusual relationship. But the elders, they go on and they go to Jesus and they say that this guy is worthy of your help, Jesus. Because he loved the nation. He loved the people in the nation. In other words, this guy is different. He's not like the rest of them cats. He's different, amen? They say he even helped build one of our synagogues. In other words, he had compassion for the Jewish people. He had compassion for this servant who was paralyzed and in pain. The text said he was about to die. He, he was ready to die. But the centurion said, I need Jesus. I can't do this. He had enough compassion for him that his faith in, in what Jesus could do led him to intercede for this servant. Are you hearing me this morning? He was unable to help himself, but the centurion interceded for him. And this is important because up until this point, Jesus had only dealt with Jews. But this, this was the turning point because now he's dealing with Gentiles. Gentiles of non-Jews. Amen. Jesus broke through all those barriers. Same way he treated the woman at the well. He broke through all those barriers simply because somebody else outside of the faith needed him. And so if Jesus can break barriers, then our faith should not be limited to what we can see or imagine. 
That's the first thing. But number two, I want to suggest to you about faith. Faith absent of humility will never move God. Faith absent of humility will never move God. Uh, arrogance, pride, boastfulness. Y'all know how we act. Miss <laughs> Goody Two Shoes. Come on, man. Mr. Big Shot. Come on, man. What the brother Ron Isaac called himself, Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Big, Mr. Big Shot. None of that stuff moves God, y'all. Faith, absent of humility, would never move God. God. Uh, your faith should never be paired with things that give the impression that you're bigger than God. God is about humility. We read it all the time in the scriptures. God is not impressed with status or titles. He's simply moved by our faith and obedience. Amen. And I said it just a minute ago. Even with his power and his authority, this man humbled himself before Jesus. I love it, y'all. He says in verse 6, uh, so Jesus came back with the uh, Jewish elders. He was not far from the house. Centurion sent another message to him. He said, Lord, don't trouble yourself. He says here, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That's humility right there. Uh, he don't care. If Jesus doesn't care if you're the CEO of your company. He don't care if you're the president of your neighborhood watch. He doesn't care if you're the chief of police. All he wants is humility and obedience. The centurion says, he says in verse 7, this is why I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. I'm big, bad, and boost, but I'm still not worthy to come to you. He tells Jesus, but say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. He goes on to he goes on to give Jesus his resume. Uh -huh. Jesus doesn't care about that. He says, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. Yeah. I say to my servant, do this, and he does that. Yeah. Reads yeah. off his resume to Jesus. Uh -huh. Jesus doesn't care about all that. That's right. uh, he, he, he don't care about what you're trying to impress him with. He simply wants faith, Humility, obedience. Amen. But here's what humility said, y'all. We, we like to paint that as a bad word, but it's actually a good word. Yes, yes, yes. Humility says you have totally surrendered to God. Yes, wow. Amen. That's what it is. When you go out these four walls today, society wants to tell you that humility is weakness. But humility means I'm surrendered to God. Yes, yes. We sang that song this morning. Have your way, God. Have your way. It, it gives a sign that you are dependent on God more than anything else. It gives a sign that you're dependent on God more than anyone else. And keep in mind, this man is used to giving orders. He, he, if you know anything about military chain of command, he's, he's used to giving orders. He's, he's used to having people respond to his every call. But he doesn't... He doesn't he doesn't come sideways at Jesus. He doesn't go sideways at Jesus. He was humbled. Humbled himself before the Lord. Amen. 
We too, y'all, we got to possess this humble spirit as we go before the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we we got to possess this, this thing that, God, we, we're thankful for your grace and mercy. Amen. Amen. Here's what it is right there. It, it's not about demanding anything of God. You can't demand God do something for you. It, it's not about trying to bargain with God. It's not about trying to make deals with God. The man said, I'm not worth God. Just say the word. And my servant will be healed. Amen. So we must realize that God is always worthy of our praise. He's always worthy of our adoration. We simply need to humble him and seek his face. Amen. He doesn't answer our prayers because of who we are. He simply answers because who he is. Amen. Doesn't matter how much you pray to him, just stay humble. Amen. Don't get, don't get bitter if he doesn't answer the way you want him to answer. Don't get bitter with God if he doesn't respond the way you want him to respond. Don't get bitter with God if he doesn't respond fast enough. Amen. Just simply be humble and confident. He, he, watch this. He, he shows more than humility. He shows confidence as well. He said, say the word. And my servant will be. He, he's, you ain't got to come in the house, God. Matter of fact, stay out there on the sidewalk. Just say the word. That's humility and confidence. Anybody, anybody still trust God today? He said, just say the word. He'll be healed. That's faith right there, y'all. Faith absent of humility. A Gentile soldier. A non-Jew. You're, you're a child of God. You have access to him. He just wants us to trust him. Stay humble. Stay obedient. Amen. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing, y'all. Faith, that's what triggers a divine response. It triggers a divine response. I don't care what nobody else says. If you don't have faith, uh, you're not pleasing God. When it's all said and done, excuse me, my faith is all I have. My faith is what will open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings from God. My faith is what will trigger a response from God. Not doubt, not unbelief, but faith. He, he, he's a, essentially, he's an enemy, right? But that doesn't stop Jesus from helping him. Jesus sees his faith. Even though they have no relationship. We don't know if he's saved. We don't know if he, if he receives salvation, anything or the other. It doesn't stop Jesus from helping him. When Jesus heard this, verse 9, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. I have not found such great faith even in Chesapeake. There's nobody with this kind of faith in Great Bridge. There's nobody with this kind of faith in Little Zion. 
Verse 10, then the men who had sent had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Notice, y'all, the text is more about faith, the faith of the centurion. There's more emphasis on the faith than the actual miracle. The servant, he gets very little airtime. But Jesus is focused on the faith. In other words, Jesus is saying, you get the faith right. Everything else will take care of itself. Very little emphasis on the healing. All we see is the men went back to the house and the servant was well. King James said he was whole. That word whole, he means he, he got more than a physical healing. He got a, he got a, he got a double whammy. When it says whole, that's mind, body, and soul. That's why I say Jesus, he's more than about salvation. He, he, he's the whole package. Amen. Yeah, amen. Jesus marveled at his faith. That, that, didn't, that doesn't say that Jesus wasn't aware of his faith. He's just marveled at the, the, the greatness of his faith. A Gentile, a Roman soldier, someone in opposition to Jesus, yet he possessed greater faith than those whom Jesus had revealed himself unto. Remember, the disciples, they, they constantly struggled with their faith. But here is the centurion, this Roman soldier, telling Jesus, say the word, and my servant will be healed. Yeah. This is why Hebrews 11 and 6, but it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah. We yeah. can't please God without faith. Amen. Amen. But we are promised that he will reward us if we come to him in faith. Amen. Faith, it pleased Jesus and it brought restoration to the servant. Amen. Amen. These men, they went to the house and they found the, the servant whole, healed. He was well. What made the difference? It wasn't his status. It wasn't his title. It was simply faith. Amen. Amen. Uh, that's all it was. Amen. I don't care how you dress it up. How you slice it up? It was simply about faith. I'm closing right now because my voice is going out. Jesus simply says, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Anybody in the house today still got faith? Right. And those words and those red letters, Jesus said, I have not found. The question then becomes, little Zion, where is your faith? Are you still holding on to your faith? Jesus says, I have not found. Where is your faith, little Zion? Are you still believing God? Amen. The centurion simply says, somebody go get Jesus. I need Jesus because I can't do what Jesus does. Amen. So I ask again, where is your faith? Whether you're standing in the gap for somebody like the centurion or you're simply believing something for yourself. Where is your faith? Let your, let your faith be in God. Amen. I need Jesus because my faith is not built on man-made things. Amen. I need Jesus because my faith is not in a job. My faith is not in the city I live in. My faith is not in the car I drive. My faith is not in... 
religiosity. My faith is in Jesus. I love it, y'all. He says, somebody go get Jesus. I need Jesus. In other words, in other words, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I need Jesus because he still performs miracles. Amen. He still has the power to heal. Amen. He still has the power to set people free and deliver. Amen. He still makes a way out of no way. Amen. I need Jesus because he makes my enemies my footstools. Amen. I need him because he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Anybody need Jesus today? And here we are getting ready to close out 2023. People are, people are still debating about man-made philosophies. We're still fussing about if the church is still necessary. We're still fussing about who is the best preacher. We're still fussing about which church is the best church. But as for me and my house, just give me Jesus. I don't care about any of that other foolishness. I need Jesus. He's the greatest man I've ever known. Amen. He was the one that God gave because he so loved the world. Amen. He was the one that came down from 42 generations. Amen. He was the one who suffered, bled, and died. He was the one that came as a sacrifice for our sins. I need Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need him. Amen. I need him because they hung him on that old rugged cross. That was for me. I need him because they, they pierced him in the side. That was for me. I need him because they put the crown of thorns on his head. That was for me. I need him because they hung him high and they stretched him wide. I need him because they drove nails in his feet. They drove nails in his head. Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.